This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Infinite Road Destinations, the smartest short-term rental property management group I know, and the group that manages my properties. This is a company that's very close to my heart, run by two of the smartest, most attentive people I know, Claire Rosenberg and Alex Brashears. Claire and I first met when we worked together at NetApp, where she was a top performer and rose crazy fast in the company. And Alex is just one of the most active, genuine people I know in the real estate space. The two of them together bring a blended background of project management, software design, and extensive experience with automation tools and virtual assistants. Through these experiences, they optimize any property to deliver a hands-off experience to owners while delivering the highest occupancy and highest daily rates possible. You guys know I would not recommend anything to anyone in this group that I do not fully endorse or think that is the absolute best product. And this company is that. And like I said before, this is the exact company and people that manage my Airbnbs. If you don't believe me, here are a few of the other tools and services that come along with the team. Listing optimization, guest support and approval, communication and reservations, key exchange and management, dynamic pricing, welcome kit creation, listing advertising and marketing, vendor management, including cleaners, maintenance, handymen, runners, and monthly property reports. To learn more, check out shorttermmadeeasy.com or email info at shorttermmadeeasy.com. And on the forum, just mention that you heard it here or mention my name. So give it a try. You have nothing to lose and they offer a satisfaction guarantee. And I assure you guys, you will not be disappointed. What's up, guys? There are just some days when you feel more productive than others. And today is one of those days, actually. Um, it is, I think, about... <clears throat> oh, and sorry, I jumped right into it. Today is a Friday personal episode, like we do every Friday or almost every Friday, and go through the strategies, tips, tricks, best practices, or whatever is new and top of mind in my life or learnings from the group and uh, deals. But anyway... Um, Wow, this could be a whole segment in itself, but something that has come back to me and I've been thinking about constantly is like the timing of certain things and kind of like the seasons of the year, but also like the seasons of the life, not to get too like uh, woohoo-y here up in the clouds. But um, I, as you guys probably know, I've been taking a little bit more time off lately after being down in the thick of it <clears throat> for many months in uh, North Carolina and uh, standing things up during COVID and then took some time off. And, you know, that was cool and all, but I feel like I'm at the tail end of being able to not do some of the things that I wanted to do work-wise. And I started to just really get the itch again. Um, but I will say at the same time, during that period of a couple months, there were also a lot of times that I was trying to force work things and it was just not feeling right. Like, I, I should have been just more conscious about, okay, I'm going to take off and unplug and then I'll come back fresher. I was trying to maybe squeeze a couple extra things, some calls and some partnership stuff. But anyway, just more learning for myself and also for, I'd say anyone listening, you know, it might be a helpful tip that I found breaking up kind of like time now, and I'm going to probably do this for the rest of the year and then maybe try to replan and do it again next year of when I'm working hard, I'm going to be working hard and enjoying it and focus on it. But uh, if I feel like I'm getting burned out and want to take time off, make sure that I can then enjoy that time off. And then when I'm sick of taking time off, get back to work and take as much time as I need. And it kind of brings you back to the point in all of this of achieving financial freedom or achieving some level of kind of financial well-being where you do have that choice. That is not something that I would have had the choice of doing typically in my corporate job where it was a preset schedule, preset calendar, 
And it was a fiscal calendar year where we actually just knew that things were going to be busy or not, depending on whether we wanted them to be. So there was a little bit of flexibility just based on their schedule, but not on mine. And for some of you guys, you might be working on a work calendar that doesn't work for you guys. So just wanted to kick off the call with that. <clears throat> just top of mind for me right now, timing. And at the recording of this, it's actually close to 10 o'clock on a Wednesday. And I know we're not putting out the videos of these anymore, but I'm in the office. I'm actually back in an office of a Turo group, which is a real estate syndication group through the help of friend. And I'd say mentor uh, at this point, John Cohen. Uh, we first connected through Chris Grenzig and just another good learning. If you don't ask, you don't receive. I was looking for some office space. I've been back in Long Island and kind of going back to what I was saying before, was trying to be productive, but the environment is so important. And I was trying to work at home at my mom's place. Love you, mom. But it was not productive. There was not really a good workspace. They are, I guess, semi-retired, retired, and they were home all day. So it just was not conducive to getting work done. I couldn't record podcasts. I didn't have a space. I didn't have a desk. I was working on a couch or just like a table. It wasn't good. So anyway, posted on Facebook yesterday that I needed a space to work. And John was kind enough to let me basically plant at his place. And I guess I'll be working here for a little while. But um, anyway, just kind of a moral of a story. If you need help with something, you'd be amazed at what social media can facilitate for you and put in front of you uh, if you're not shy or embarrassed and you just put it out there. If you're trying to sell something, if you're trying to buy something, if you need help, put it out there and see what happens. If you're trying to raise money, you never know who's been watching you and trying to get involved. And we'll talk about something a little later, but even like for the mastermind, this is uh, the first time that I've been publicly talking about the real estate mastermind, the community that we've been working on for a couple of months now, I want to say we're going on four quarters of um, really more handholding and over the shoulder teaching of some of the strategies we're doing. And uh, I hadn't been putting it out there that much. People have been reaching out and that's kind of how it came together. But this is the first time putting it on LinkedIn and Facebook and the feedback has been awesome and people are looking to get in the game. So that's just something that now, you know, I'm almost telling myself that if you need help, put it out there. If you have something to tell the world, put it out there and see what happens. It might flop, it might not, but you'll never know until you do. So anyway, just now with that rant out of the way, <clears throat> let's get into a couple topics that I wanted to talk about, I guess tonight at this point, um, of just things that were top of mind, little stories, learnings from the past week, and some things that I think will help you guys as you navigate. So the first thing I just want to reiterate, I just got a new phone. And just a reminder from something that Noah Kagan talks about. He's an awesome entrepreneur. Definitely recommend checking out his YouTube channel. We'll link that below. But he is very wealthy, makes a lot of money, but he's a minimalist. But one thing he spends a lot of money on is technology to make sure he's got the best phone, the best computer, iPad, whatever. Uh, and I'm not using this as an excuse or telling anyone, go spend money on technology you don't need. But if you are in the world of investing or business, you need good technology. You need a, a fast phone. You need a good computer, a way to organize all these things. You need cloud storage. And it's definitely now I'm learning, just thinking more like, I don't need fancy things. I, I, I guess some people, you know, do more than others. I, I could, I just don't like them. But uh, technology is one thing that I'm just coming around on. I will not skimp on. You know, I used to maybe get the phone two or three years older, a computer two or three years older. Now at this point, if it's going to help me or save me some time and I don't have to look at a spinning pinwheel, it's worth doing. So I just need to say that because I just got the new phone. It's so much faster and already I feel like helping and just like battery alone is going to be like a huge difference. But anyway, really random rant, but like that's also part of something that we've been reassessing. We've been going through all the technology we use for software as well and cutting out the irrelevant stuff and just also doubling down on the stuff that matters. 
So making sure that we have a good Notion subscription for all of our team members. We have uh, an enterprise Calendly link. We have an enterprise Zoom link because we're using these tools constantly. We need them to work well. Um, even like Google Suite, we have a lot of storage because we have a lot of different files and YouTube videos and podcasts going in them. So we don't wanna to have to deal with things getting blocked up. And I recommend just kind of going through your software subscriptions on a weekly or monthly basis, just to make sure that one, you don't have unnecessary subscriptions, but in the areas that you actually are spending a lot of time and you are making money potentially from some of these tools, it's definitely worth putting the investment back into. So again, even now I'm looking at like our uh, website tool, Squarespace, and like building that out and a lot of integrations. Uh, MailerLite, that's our mail uh, email tool, like these sort of things. And now we're going to get into, we use Teachable for our podcast course. These are necessary because they help make money as opposed to some of the random ones. Um, I think we cut out, we were using Frame.io for YouTube. We weren't using it anymore, so we cut it out. Um, there are others, but basically we just, kind of did an inventory checklist and brought me back to also the physical and the, the non-physical, the software stuff. So that is that. Uh, one story I want to talk to you guys about that I think you'll get some value out of if you are considering doing short-term rentals. We had a guest check into the Black Mountain property, the mountain house near Asheville. <clears throat> and from the get-go, this has been a theme. It's kind of like a theme in life too, but for some reason, when people ask a lot of questions on the front end and seem to be very... Um, I don't want to use the word annoying because, you know, people can have questions, but I would say um, seem like they might be a challenging person to deal with. Um, they will almost every time then be a challenging person to host. And I am at the point now where <clears throat> I'd say it's, it's probably going to be worth not hosting these people if they are inquiring about a place and have a lot of questions and uh, just seem like they might be difficult or needy types of guests. Um, it leads to a lot of headaches and problems when they then get to the property. Um, it is hard to please everyone. It's actually, I guess, impossible, but <clears throat> there is definitely a tendency um, for people that are a little more difficult on the front end to then be difficult on the back end too. So we had a guest checked into the property in Black Mountain and ultimately um, did not think the house was baby-proofed enough, um, which we did our, would say our, a good job or our best job on the front end, we set up a high chair and we did set up a, um, I don't even know some of these baby terms, Claire helped set it up. And we kind of just went through a best practice kit, but it does have stuff for babies. I want to say maybe even a car seat um, and then like a little gate to maybe block a door. But anyway, um, ultimately the guest got there and was not happy with the way that it was set up. Again, there's a lot of decorative stuff and you know we're appealing more to adults than babies, but uh, wasn't happy and ultimately was <clears throat> sort of asking for a big refund or even a um, big credit, not a refund. And one tip I would say that, you know, we went back and forth on, we were debating whether to offer something up or to ask them what they thought would be appropriate. And I'm probably going to use this as a best practice going forward. But what we ended up doing was basically um, Claire, the property manager kind of, you know, took like a middle ground stance on it. Like I usually recommend and said that she was going to do her best. She's so sorry. And she's going to check with the owner. And that kind of leaves her in a neutral position so that the owner can be the bad guy and that she can just kind of be the advocate for the, uh, the guest. So basically what we talked about was just coming up with a number that we thought was fair, positioning it back to them and then sending them like a little cookie care package or whatever. 
But, um, you know, we heard some people say, oh, ask the guests what they think would be appropriate or what they had in mind. But, you know, at the time, I just thought this person might be unreasonable and want to ask for maybe a ridiculous amount. So the number that we, I think the full stay cost like, I want to say like around $2,000. It was a seven night booking. Uh, and it was off a very low price when we first started. Another little tip, when you're first getting your Airbnb or short-term rental off the ground, usually recommend starting at a lower price point to get some reviews. So this was one of those. They booked it when it was super cheap. So also the fact that now they're asking for money off kind of sucks, but it is what it is. So we gave them 250 off and basically just sent the message back, something to the effect of, hey, after speaking with the owner, um, he was uh, willing or not maybe willing, but he was... Uh, very sorry about what was going on and wanted to offer a credit of 250. And I think by offering it that way, it was a little bit of a softening and like a compelling empathetic message and the guest took it and that was the end of it. And now they've had a good stay since. And one thing that we sent after the fact, another little tip is we sent along with that saying basically, Hey, just please let us know what we can do to uh, ensure you have a five-star stay. We didn't ask for a five-star review, but just wanted to reiterate, we are accommodating so that you can, leave us a five-star review because that is ultimately the name of the game. And it would still, it would suck. It's possible, but it would really suck if you accommodate someone, you go out of their your way and they don't leave a five-star review. So just that reminder, um, they still may not. I'll let you guys know next week when they check out. Um, they probably won't, but you know, it is what it is. But anyway, that's just a little reminder. I wouldn't say go and say, hey, can you leave us a five-star review, but maybe a five-star stay, just a reminder and also ensuring that they know that you're willing to do what it takes to make sure they're happy. So that was a little Airbnb story from this week. Hope you guys got some value out of that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to just kind of talk about, I'd say this is a half plug and half curious, is I've been putting out more YouTube content. Some of you guys have been checking that out and uh, dropping comments and just letting me know feedback. But I would really love to know what you guys are curious about. If you have any topics, questions, things that you're stuck on, I am happy to make videos about these. I'm just not always... Um, the best at coming up with random ideas or I have a cue, but I'd rather just go off stuff that you guys are genuinely curious about yourself. So if you wouldn't mind, please feel free to check out the channel. Um, if I've brought you any value at any point so far, if you could subscribe, maybe like, share, whatever, that'd be great too. But really, I would just love some feedback on what you guys would like to see more videos of and we can put those out. So drop a comment or shoot me a direct message and we will start getting some more videos out to tailor to the group. So that's that. Okay. Uh, content wise, I am reading who, not how that is the book club. We are reading in book club. Wait, did I just, that is the book we're reading in book club. And, um, I'm actually really liking it, but it reminds you of something that I think about, uh, as well with content and reading that I'm curious what you guys think is that I think the time that you read the book is as important as what the book actually is. Like if I read a productivity book, when I am completely checked out on vacation, I don't think it's going to have any effect. I think it'll be probably forgotten immediately after, but if it's relevant to what I need or if I'm checked in and I'm kind of in work mode, I think it'll have a much higher impact. Like for example, when I read four hour work week for the first time, that book didn't have a huge impact on me. But then again, I was working in corporate America and I didn't really see any entrepreneurial path. But then when I read it, as I was on my way out of corporate America, it was like the most life-changing book I think I ever read or a piece of content. So I guess the moral of that story, I'm really liking Who Not How. Um, it's kind of just reminding me about how important relationships are uh, above, below, lateral, and also getting help with things in the business. And kind of like to what I said before about not being ashamed to ask for help. But 
there's a lot of good tactics and reminders in that book. So um, I recommend it. And as always, if you have any questions or interested in book club, just drop me a note, we get you the link. But um, regardless, I will be always talking about the books we're reading. So if you want to follow along uh, on your own, always free to do that. Uh, the last thing that I just want to also say and thank, and also, also mention, um, kind of off that note is like just how I'm even recording this podcast in this office right now. So I mentioned I'm at Toro where John Cohen just kind of circled back and said that I could kind of work and, and mooch his office space, which is awesome because it's a great spot and I'll be filming some videos here, but, um, it's just like a couple of things. One, it's awesome to build relationships and kind of be around cool people. Um, but John has a very, like, I would say similar, um, like thought process around processes and systems. And it's been so cool, even just hanging out here for one day to talk to him and think through some processes that he's been working on. He buys apartment buildings. He probably has, I don't know, they have on the wall over there, but probably at least I want to say 20 buildings at this point, we're talking over probably 50 to hundred unit buildings. Um, but something that I have kind of become re-obsessed with and I'm excited to rebuild. And it's what I've been working on the last two days is all the systems in our business. So every process that we have, everything we do, all our content creation, I am just going back and kind of re-understanding and re-reviewing all of our processes for creating content, finding wholesale leads, uh, organizing the mastermind, putting out YouTube content, um, things in the Airbnb arbitrage business, things in the Airbnb business, and just seeing, okay, do we have our checklist in place? Do we have different... Um, processes for when different scenarios pop up? Are we covering our bases for kind of like all the basic scenarios and just making sure that we have all the stuff blueprinted in Notion and it can be then just passed off to anyone who takes over for a role if someone goes down or someone leaves or we just kind of want to outsource more and more of the business. So it's something that I'm, I don't know, I just definitely nerd out on. It's definitely like I would say a strength or an interest of mine but like the systems are so important. So I would just recommend if any of you guys feel overwhelmed or stuck, well, struggling or stuck, I'm combining words out here, but uh, if any of you guys feel that way, like taking a day to just review the systems in your business or even your life is such a good feeling. And I, I really do recommend it. Like even just doing it for the last day or two, uh, I definitely feel like a lightness to me, like a little bit of kind of a pep in my step just because we've now kind of like moved some things forward. And I know that when we do them the next time, they're going to be that much easier. And just bringing that back to John, I'm looking at this whiteboard or blackboard that he has here and they are revamping kind of all their systems. And John has some amazing systems in his business. That's how they find so many deals. They send about 10,000 pieces of direct mail a month in addition to a bunch of other strategies. And then they have processes to circle through those and just like, that's what it takes, but you need a system to manage that. So it's really cool. It's really refreshing and fun to get with John. And like, if you guys don't know him, he's been on the podcast twice. I definitely recommend checking out his episodes. We'll link those below, but just an awesome guy. And obviously an awesome business to keep acquiring deals um, and like staying on top of my system. So I definitely recommend you guys take some time playing our systems. I'm going to put some more videos on YouTube around systems and the systems that I use, but um, it's just a really, I think, you know, important thing. And you can definitely have fun with it and kind of turn it into yourself into your, uh, your own systems. So that's that. The last, last part of what we're talking about, a couple of you guys reached out asking if I was going to just like stop the wholesaling stuff, uh, as I mentioned last week, but ultimately the plan is kind of like down that system building path that I just mentioned, um, just pausing it because I felt like we were spending a lot and we were going in a lot of different, different directions and we didn't have a clear path to making money consistently. We would make money here and there, but it wasn't 
on a regular system. It wasn't organized that I felt there was consistency and everyone knew what they were supposed to be doing. And I, I felt we had overlapping technology. So basically the plan was really just pause the new leads, pause kind of lead generation. And we're still working through the leads that we have. And actually we got two um, deals today that I think are going to go to contract, but basically um, just like I'm going back into that too. I'm definitely, like I said, kind of now getting back into things and I'm going to be calling leads to myself to just also understand more about the process and how they kind of sift through our CRM and how they get sorted and followed up with and build more processes on drip campaigns and things like that. So I will just reiterate that. Like I, I just thought it was going too fast and in too many directions. So the plan is now to just basically slow it down, work through the leads we have, touch all of them. And when those are exhausted, then move to rebuilding leads, rebuilding lists, and kind of restanding things up and also using a different pay structure. So from a high level, that's kind of the plan with that. Um, I will also talk in more detail on another video about the pay structure that we're going to be using for the wholesale stuff, at least as we first start. Uh, we were paying, I think, too much on salary, and now we're going to be kind of re-ramping that on commission so that our acquisitions person and the runner we have in territory is just a little more motivated to um, kind of get out there and hustle and hunt. And it could be commissions, it could be equity. So we're going to be cutting things a couple different ways here. So if you have any questions or you are interested in maybe helping in any ways, um, we're going to be cutting up deals and kind of just seeing who can bring value. But um, just changing the strategy from what we we're doing before is way too kind of scattered. And I don't think people are motivated. So that's the wholesale stuff. Um, I don't think there's really anything else. Oh, the last thing I got to bring it up. Um, we have a new revamp mastermind opening in July. Some of you guys have already been through it. Some of you guys are kind of thinking about it or may have seen it first time, like I said, posted publicly on LinkedIn and Facebook, but, um, I really feel proud of this group. I feel excited about what we've added to it. And, um, we're going to be taking more feedback from people that just kind of went through the last one, but this is going to be a bigger version and have a little bit more structure and kind of day-to-day -day accountability. So there's a lot of cool stuff in there. But um, if you guys have any interest or you think there's any value in it, um, I'm not also like a pressure person. I was, I was in sales, but I'm definitely not the type of person that's going to force anyone to do anything. But if you have any questions or um, want to get connected with that, we'll put the link below and I'll be posting more about it the next couple of weeks. Um, we will be doing a staggered pricing. So if you are interested, um, it will go up by every 10 people that join the group price-wise. So if you're interested or have been considering it before, feel free to jump in and check it out. Or um, if you want to talk to someone that's been through the group, um, just feel really good about it. And I'm excited to see where it goes as we build this community and more people start doing deals together and uh, just all the collaboration that happens. So couldn't forget that. And that's pretty much it, guys. Without any further ado, we can just hop off and get back to our, well, for me, my night and hopefully go to bed soon. And for you guys, an awesome weekend and some fun ahead of you. So uh, signing off Wednesday, June 16th at 10, 10 p.m. See you guys. Night. Hey, you millennial millionaire. Do you want more? Then head to the Millennial Millionaires Through Real Estate Facebook group, where there are tons of step-by-step -step walkthroughs, tools, templates, and free networking to help you achieve financial freedom through real estate. And if you want Jonathan to help you personally reach your goals, then feel free to set up a one-on-one -on -one call in the link below or message him on any social media platform and apply to, well, work with Jonathan.